to get with the programming. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. And along with me is Bill Grundler. Wolverine. And we are starting episode 11 of our first series, analyzing the 2017 CrossFit Games. And what a year it was. We have left Carson, California, and have moved to the great state of Wisconsin, where we ascend upon Madison. And ascend upon that we did is that I remember when the announcement came down. I think this was at, I think they announced it at the Invitational. And what the CrossFit Invitational used to be, if those of you guys don't know your recent CrossFit history, it used to be the off-season team competition that CrossFit would put on. And it's like the United States versus Europe versus Pacific and... Canada. Canada, right? <laughs> Forgetting the Canadian God, Sorry, group. Canada. <laughs> and wait, who's that other group? Didn't they win? They ended like one one time. Okay. Um, but that's what it used to be. And so at the team series or team invitational in 2016, between the end of the games and start of 2017, they announced that we we're moving to, drum roll, Madison, Wisconsin. And everyone's like, wah, wah, wah. Well, because they had, look at all the places that they had before yeah, that. What were they, they looking were at? talking about Jacksonville. They're oh, talking yeah. about all these other massive like, places where. Uh, Fenway Park or something. They're like yeah, Boston. I mean, and, there were so many big play, big names, big places, and and what was crazy was all the thought processes behind all the, and I don't, I'm not talking about the HQ and Dave and all that. I'm talking the fans. Every right. time there'd be a, a, a location that was put out there, there'd be this barrage of just, Oh, this would be great. This would be great. This would be shitty. This would be crap. This would be yeah. too hot. They'd be too dumb. They'd be too this, be too that and all the list all the way down. And then they <laughs> came to Madison. They got to Madison and it was like, what the hell? Wait, what? Wait where, where, Okay, where is that right, exactly? Right. Like, what do they have? And then, you know, Madison. all the fanfare after that. Well, there's like local bars and mm -hmm. they got cheese curds. And everyone's like, what the hell is a cheese curd? Yeah. I don't know what we're talking about Sounds right now. Sounds disgusting. Where are we going? I don't get it. And, dude, talk about the great unknown. Man, man. what a diamond in the rough wow. Madison, Wisconsin is. Wow. I remember, so when the announcement, and you hear all the who's and the boos and the, the hee-haws and the whatevers, right? Like, <laughs> what's this uh, phrase about, like, opinions and assholes? Is everybody's got one and they all stink? Everybody's got one. Probably and a couple of them. I just, I just remember the same uproar about the aromas to Carson move, and then it was like, oh, Carson is the greatest place on earth for a CrossFit competition. I was like, listen, let's just, let's just wait and see. I'm assuming yeah. they spent a long time researching this and once he got there dude madison's great it was such a it was a great spot it it's different even it's different it, but the it's, entire what was cool was the entire city was into it like yeah. when you were when you rolled into town right you would see massive window coverings and massive wall coverings of Ben Smith and Brent Bukowski and Catherine David's daughter and these massive, I mean, it was like On the, the side of hotels came into the entire town and, <laughs> and the CrossFit games owned yes. the town. That, that symbol was everywhere. We go into coffee shops and they'd give your little, your little coaster to put your coffee cup on and it would have, or even the, CrossFit the um... games, to, the fittest, the fittest city in America welcomes the fittest athletes in the world yes. something like that yes, on it. Yes. super cool man it was awesome I mean, you'd, awesome you'd land at the airport and the uber drivers would pick up and they're like oh you're for the crossfit games eh yep <laughs> sure i am <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure am how could you tell 
Oh man. But uh, yeah, was that cool. was that was really interesting. Yeah, well, really interesting. I think um there'll be some good moments we'll bring up in our uh, Mount Rush moments after this the episode. The Mount Rush dude, I was thinking about that as I was going through these. I'm like, Picking how do I? Is gonna be tough. I, I was gonna say, is like, how do I whittle it down to four? I've been trying to get four the, like the last couple of years, and now I'm like, I can I do six? <laughs> Jeez, there were so many crazy things that happened. I yeah. mean, I'm not even talking like on the competition side, just just nuances and new things, and this crazy thing and yep. that crazy thing, and yep. no, you know, shocking that this was happening, and oh my gosh, we were doing this now, and it's so fun. Yeah, I don't know. That one's gonna be tough to tough to do it'll be the longest pick for <laughs> i'm excited i'm excited but we got the r 2017 we'll, we'll analyze the programming of the crossfit games but before we do that if you guys want to support the show more than more than you already do go to patreon.com backslash get with the programming support the show for six dollars a month just skip that cup of coffee or or don't skip it just make it yourself Instead of going to your local establishment, and for six dollars, I'm taking a drip. And for six dollars, you guys can support the show financially. Uh, we are twenty patrons away until we start selecting our programmatron of the week, where we will give you a free month of programming from Bill and I. And pretty soon, I think next week, for our patrons only, we are going to program one special programmatron workout every week for free for our current patrons. So if you want to support the show and get on that Programmatron train, go to patreon.com backslash get with the programming. And uh, like I said, for, the, for those of you that are guys are already rolling with us, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I never thought it would mean so much to see something like that pop up, but it's oh, great. It's super cool. It's super That's super cool. cool. Super cool. And then for those of you guys, hey, and so you know when we kick out those workouts, one of the things that a lot of programmers do is, or at least from what we see, is things are just thrown together. When we put out that workout for you guys on that week, we're gonna give a little bit of background. We're gonna give how we came up with it. We'll give scales, modifications. So it doesn't matter if you are CrossFit Games level athlete at, at the Open Division or the Masters Division or whatever, or if you're just a regular gym goer, or if you have, um, you know, whatever, what other other issues, injuries, whatever, we'll give scales and modifications, all that, so that uh, you get you guys get to have something special. You can do it yourself. Um, we'd love to see you guys put it on social media if you are one of our programmatrons, so we can see that. If you guys have your gym, do it. That'd be great too. So have some fun with it. Yep. Give you guys a free weekly workout, and yeah, Bill, like like Bill said, throw it on Instagram. Um, we're at Get With underscore the programming. Uh, we're also on Facebook and YouTube at Get With the programming podcast and bill i saw you sipping on some coffee over there it's so good are you bubbing it's like a warm blanket man my, my bubbing this weekend i went hard in the paint on the bubbing this weekend <laughs> <laughs> I, I just needed a little extra boost uh, a little extra mental clarity um and that's the a little extra bub if you a little will. extra bub so bubs naturals is our official partner of the show um we want to thank them for everything they do for us and everything they do for our cup of coffee in the morning holly oh, cow so good it so is so good is i'm telling up. you man if you guys listen to the last show i had i went over my uh the way that i do it and i just love that routine my two cup deal collagen protein in one yep. mct powder in the next just oh man it completes my day if you guys actually completes my day, starts my day, and then I complete my day with it at the end of the day. They go full circle. 
Um, but you if, you, if you guys do want to jump on the bub train with us, go to bubsnaturals.com. Use the code GETWITH20, all caps, GETWITH20 for 20% off. Not only are you guys going to get a great product with the MCT oil powder and their collagen protein, but you are actually going to contribute to what they contribute to do because 10% of all of their proceeds go to charity. So they're not only a great company, American-made product, but they also donate 10% of all their profit to charity. So you guys are doing a little double, little double take, getting your bubs in and uh, doing something good for uh, others as well. That's the real double bubble right there. That is. That's the real double bubbing. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the good stuff. We're going to analyze the programming of the 2017 CrossFit Games. Like we said to start the show, we have moved from Carson, California to Madison, Wisconsin. With the previous year, Matt Fraser just won his very first CrossFit Games championship after taking second two years in a row. Captain David's daughter is coming off back-to-back CrossFit Games wins, becoming the second female ever to win two back-to-back championships. So we are at a new landscape. And as we open up the programming book, because now Dave basically has a whole new palette to paint with. He's got nice new easels. He got a whole new brand new watercolor set, maybe some brushes, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe a new little, like a clay pot maker. Um, him and Demi Moore can just mold some things together. That's a ghost <laughs> reference for any of you guys. <laughs> Too uh, too young to get that one. Probably didn't. <laughs> that one probably didn't land. But uh, we have 13 events over four straight days of competition. This went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The event numbers went three, four, three, three. So good balance across the board for the events that they have. But let's get into the nitty gritty. And as you, we usually do for the very first event of the 2017 CrossFit Games, we have a run, swim, run, which is a 1.5 mile run, followed by a 500 meter ish swim, and a 1.5 mile run. And basically, what they did is they started at the Coliseum that is in the Alliant Energy Center. I don't want to say pavilion or compound or uh, pavilion. I think yeah. Is a good word. And they started there. They ran this back trails, and there's so much. There's in Madison. There's lakes everywhere. I think it's part of what Madison really is about in Wisconsin itself. Is it, what's Wisconsin's like state name? Uh, you know what I'm talking well, about? The, yeah, the lakes is, that's Minnesota. The lakes is land of a thousand lakes. lakes or, or is that Utah? No. I think that's Utah. No. Are you sure? The lakes? No, no. 10,000 lakes, that's that's Minnesota. Okay. Well, we'll effort but, that but here. But <laughs> what they do have is Minnesota, or uh, Minnesota, she's not going to be saying that. Uh, Wisconsin, Madison especially, they are the... Uh, like their whole thing is triathlons. Yes. So they have a lot of Huge. running areas, a lot of biking areas, a lot of water areas to do that. So that that's like their big thing in that area is, is triathlons. So what better way than then to you know step on step onto that brand new canvas like you're talking about? Yeah. With the run swim run. The other thing I like about this is you added the ish on the swimming. I think of all of the swimming events that we've done. Next to the one that was in the pool, because then you actually know exactly how right, far they had it a designated. This was, <laughs> this was the best uh, measured chorus that they yes. had. Um, and the other thing was like, you know, with the ocean, it was hard to find out where they, they were going to turn because, I mean, you have the waves that are coming in. So you have a varying height. The water out in, the, in this lake was not very deep. 
So you could no. actually see a lot of athletes were walking out to the particular area and they knew exactly where to set. You weren't going to have any water, you know, your waves coming in, the tides weren't going to change. Yeah. So they could, they could GPS that, that, uh, that swim. So it was very close to the 500 meter, which I was really happy about gave people that not, that were not very good at swimming. They could walk along the bottom and walk to the first buoy basically, but you gave your swimmers a chance to get out there and really get after it. So I, I loved how it was set up. And it was an actual real measured course. You know, the run was, the the swim was. So I, I thought it was, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. And I, and I know it was a legit 500 because I tested this event. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that the water wasn't deep because I got so wrapped up in lake weeds on my say, arms. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. But I'll, I'll save that moment. For the next episode, there's one of the 15. One of the 15 Mount Rush moments I have from 2017, but it was good. It was long. So, um, as you look at the time domain, Brent Fikowski wins at a time of 28:45, and this year he barely holds off. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't get past this time. Uh, Tia Claire Toomey and Christy Ermo, who were just in a dead sprint finish to the the finish line. However, when you look at the time checks, because um, the women started, again, they started the women like 10 yards behind the men or something like that. Yeah. Um, her time is 2845.65. Let's see what Brent's is. Oh, 2845.29. Yeah. 0.2 seconds, brother. That was close. That yeah. was close. So Brent Fikowski wins. Tia Claire Toomey wins um tia claire is currently on that matt fraser track she just got second twice at the uh cross the games heartbreaking fashion the year previously was what 11 points between her oh it was so close and, and katrin davis daughter but it, it was yeah. a fun event it actually started raining a little bit that morning i remember dude this one a little bit no dude it was downpour oh, it, oh at the start by the end it was pouring oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah in the beginning you're like yeah, i mean going thank to god rain? like all they had to do was like they got out of the water so you're already wet right you know not a big deal but it was a that was one of the things that we weren't really ready for but that was one of the things that i don't think was expected was the weather the weather patterns that were out there yes i mean that rain came down and it was like oh shit and there that's was weird wet. that's a lot of water coming down there was weird weather this year, the oh, whole man. the whole weekend, it was crazy. Humid, raining. I think we I went through every we Texas, season. The way it was, the way it was coming <laughs> <Yeah>. out, <laughs> that crazy ass Texas weather, and then it was in Madison, Wisconsin. Because, <laughs> but yeah, that was cool. But yeah, it was pouring towards the end. Um, that was event number one. Um, as we work through our analyzing, we we are using the programming analysis worksheet. You'll find that in your level two handbook, and we just use this to keep track of certain things. Um, Movements, modalities like gymnastics, weightlifting, and monostructural time domains. Um, we have heavy days, something uh, south of five minutes, five to 10 minutes, 11 to 20 minutes, and 20 minutes plus. We look at repetition volume, low, medium, or high schemes. Um, and as we go through this, we're just going to tally these up as we go. And what this does is it just helps us take a step back and look at what the numbers tell us in terms of the nuts and bolts of the programming. So as we look at event number one, we had two different monostructural movements. You had a run and a swim. Um, 28 minutes was the fastest time, but this was definitely on average a 30 plus minute um, event. Total repetitions, it's really not applicable since it's all monostructural, but it was still long. (laughs) Yeah. 
And yeah. uh, but again, we had a, a light swim and, and two different runs. So we moved from event one to event number two. And this was the when this was getting set up, the cycle cross. And we're like, yeah. hold on, let me Google that real quick because I have no idea. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, is it like CrossFit cycling? No, we didn't make up this term. This is actually a legit sport where it's the best way to describe it. The, what it, this is modeled after, they they didn't really quite do the same craziness, but it's like almost like obstacle course off road mountain biking. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a there's, there's not really obstacles, but it's like you 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 know there's certain most of the times it's like a muddy track and you have to like get right. off your bike and run through things or or crawl over or cross rivers. It's you get on and off your bike a lot. Yep. And so they try to mimic the same type of deal. Now, when you're dealing with CrossFitters, you're not going to make it as dangerous as what a legitimate cycle cross sport will be. So those that knew the sport, all five people that came in, were like. Oh, this is nothing like it used to be. It's like, bro, th- we're not trying to kill these guys. We're just trying right. to, you know, challenge them a little bit. And but but they did have they did have a professional come in and ride the track. Yes. And, and he said he's like, you know, this is a, this is an intermediate level course. And like when we say obstacles, it doesn't mean that you need to take your bike up over a ten foot wall. It means <laughs> right. <laughs> you have sand you have to go through. You have tight turns you have to go through. You have mud. You have some obstacles that you have to get up mm. and run or try to hop it or whatever. And so it was really cool that they had a professional come in and 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 test it out. And what I liked was it was a legit ride. Yes, and that was pretty cool. Now in practice, some people legitimately got effed up. Oh, dude, uh, this, was- this knocked Camille out. Um, I <sighs> think she ended up well, maybe I don't want to speak for, her, but maybe separating. Her shoulder. Uh, yeah, she um, she took a face plant. Brooke Wells ate it. Brooke Wells ate it. Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, Chelsea, Mar- Hugh- Chelsea it? Hughes. Margo went down, I think, but Chelsea Hughes was oh, the Chelsea one. Oh, Chelsea Hughes took it to the head. That's she's right. the one that went over the handlebars and, yeah. like, really, that was it. So this this was my this was my thing about this event. I thought the event was cool. I liked what it was. I liked what it was trying to show. The problem was that this is one of those things I think that if you even though when we're talking about testing fitness, we we say that anything life, sport, a career should be able to be pulled out of a hopper and you should be able to have some level of correct adaptability or ability to to handle it. I, I think that the bike element was cool. However, I think that there were skills that if you didn't have, you were severely uh, behind the eight ball on yeah. this. And that's what we saw, especially on the women's side. Like if they went, if if they haven't been on a bike and haven't bunny hopped anything in like the last 10 years, yeah, then you saw people not have that timing down and ate it yeah. as they went up over the handlebars. Um, same thing with the guys, not so much with the, that they got themselves hurt, but all of a sudden they had to use the skill of switching gears as they're going in and out of turns. Yes. And if you didn't have that skill, you got jacked up. Like you weren't going to do very well. Um, and so I, I, I think that this, that would have been my, that would have been my issue, or that is my issue with the particular event. I like what it was. I think if it was a single geared race a single speed that like would have been different because then you would have Ooh. not have had any of that. Granted it would have sucked and you, you can put the gearing down a little lower, but you, then you, it would have taken that skill out mm-hmm. and make it a fitness test rather than a skilled test. 
Uh, I still think that the how it turned out was fine. You still have the endurance athletes, the the power athletes being able to put it out to the front and and yeah. really get after it as as the 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 placing showed. But that was my issue with this event. I, okay. I thought it was really cool, but I think there was just uh, some skills in there that you don't want to make. I want to make. I want it to be a fitness test, not a skill test. Yeah. Overall. Overall. I can understand that. I didn't have a problem with it at all. I liked yeah. all those nuanced skills. Part of that is like, you know, I, not, I've never done cycle cross, but like I've, I've done an Ironman and I triathlons for a year. So like I know oh. how to ride a bike and how to shift gears and I don't, no, totally. I don't really consider I, I mean, that I skill. Too. The only thing I actually didn't like, I thought it was too long. Um, it didn't be because the course was too long. The course was too long. It just, and I, I, I think <laughs> they had three laps and it just, it was long enough where there was never really a, a hard fought race. Um, just from what I remember, I thought they could have done yeah. two laps instead of three. It was just a touch too long to where the race started and two people went out in front and that was the end of the event. And you just watch <laughs> these two people go back and forth the whole time. Um, but the gear things and like the, the bunny hops is like, you could have dismounted your bike. you like, you could have gone off and got, that was like part of it. Like, the the pro that they so that's the problem when you have like a professional test something that's so niche yeah it's like oh he blew through that we'll make it three laps and they're good to go it's like no <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> yeah. and I, I, from what I've I heard from people's like I think that was kind of the consensus is maybe it was a little too long but they didn't have any issues with the the skill thing but I do know what you're saying and. Yeah, that, that I, well, I like. Didn't I mean, bother me. I like time it. wise, I think we do that most with most of our, you know, monostructural endurancey yeah. type pieces. It's around this this time frame, so I think they were just trying to throw that in. Yeah, with the run swim run, so you kind of had that same deal. You had you basically did a triathlon. You did yeah. running. You did swimming. Yeah, you did biking. Point. Um, and again, like I like the race. I don't think even though the two people get out in front, that's the same thing with swimming. Two people get out in the front and then there that's, and then everyone else is kind of battling from behind. So True. I like, I, I get it. I just, you know, again, I just, as far as a programming setup goes, I think that what's important is to make sure that you don't make it too niche. And I'm not saying that it was, I'm just saying that it, it wrote, that was one of the things that I thought about when wrote I was the riding. Line a little if bit. you sucked at doing gears, um, then all of a sudden you don't get to play. I just, you might have the fitness. I, I understand that. I just feel like that's not that hard to figure out. <laughs> Dude, did you not watch what happened though? You see these guys, they'd be flying down the straight yeah. with the high gear. They'd have to make the tight turn and they'd go, they yeah, drop way to the back and they can't get the gear to go down. I mean, that's, that's, a, you know? that's one coaching cue. They got to practice this the day before, I'm just saying, all day. I'm just saying. As a coach I want bike, people to be at hey, their best to compete. Here's how you ride your bike. When you go downhill... You shift Dude, your gears to a higher gear. they didn't have the training wheels out there, man. And when you go uphill, they didn't allow the training wheels. <laughs> <laughs> and don't look at the turn. You got to look inside the turn. If your your bike will go where you look. So everybody was like, look on these turns. You had so many people like run into the barricades on these oh, tight man. turns because when you're turning your bike, you look into the direction you're trying to turn. So say you're taking a hard left. You look at the inside corner of the left turn. What everyone else is doing, what you don't do is you don't look at the thing you're trying not to hit because all that does when you cycle is that it takes you directly to the thing you're trying not to hit. 
okay so you, so you see my point about how there's a, there's skill here that like the fact that that skill has to be told yes now we're not really racing it's, we can't say okay all right here we go ready set go it's like you need to make sure that if you look to the inside of the Bill, turn, they got to practice. on this course that on this course that has like 35 turns on it they got to practice this with coaches one day practice man come on one day I want, these, practice. I want to see these people like go at it and you did like get up at the top the top athletes the yeah. ones that were like top five in each of these you got to see that you they, they there was some battling which was fun did you have like a bad bike experience is this why you're you're no, shitting on man so i thought bad? the biking i thought it was cool <laughs> i'm just saying that like when I'm you see kidding. a good athlete with these gigantic legs that all of a sudden is like in there and then goes to make a turn yeah and either doesn't know what gear to go down to or fidgets well, with it and all of a sudden the chain jumps and they're doing all these things like well now we just lost that event to test that person. That's I could literally awesome. teach someone how to ride this course in five minutes. Well, yeah, you could teach them how to ride it, not to race it. We're not talking about, about riding it, it. We're talking about racing, dude. I World championship racing right now. I give them three World things. championship racing. Gear down, gear up, and look in your turns. That's it. Now go race. It's not that hard. Be like, Chase, okay, so we're going to have a wrestling match. This is a double leg. No big deal. We're going to put you out there against some guys to, to wrestle. And it's like, just do a double leg. I just taught you how to do it. I mean, I feel like that's a little really bit harder quick. than moving your thumb up and moving your thumb down. I'm just saying, technical skill. And Next I can do a double leg, Bill. I wrestled once. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, that was event two. Uh, on the men's side, we'll say Matt Fraser wins that one. Yeah. yeah. We will not mention anyone else on the show because they don't deserve it. Nope. And on the women's side, Kristen Holta wins one second. Ahead of Sam Briggs at the time of 21-43. And uh, the start the day off, it was two back-to-back -to -back tough endurance tests with the run, swim, run, and cycle cross. And then we come inside the Coliseum for the first time to see what the new main stage of the CrossFit Games would be because the hallowed grounds that was the tennis stadium in Carson, California, will never be replicated but we wanted to see what Madison's Coliseum had to offer. And I tell you what, it is amazing when that place is going bat s crazy. I'm not going to compare it to the tennis stadium because I don't think that's fair. But the Coliseum in Madison, Wisconsin is its own fantastic competition floor. Oh, man. And yeah, you're right. You, I don't think that... I don't think you need to compare them. No. Um, other than the fact that it's the – compare them as far as it's the circular stage that the athletes are going to be competing on. You know, you had the, the outdoor arena as with the tennis stadium. But this one, the Coliseum was like – I felt – I felt almost like we were, remember that show Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger a long time ago? <laughs> yes, yes. Where they would bring these guys in and it would have the, the, the game show host and they have all the flashing lights and the laser lights <laughs> yeah. and the stream lights. That's what this was. And it was um, the games, the games team, the games crew did a great job of, you know, all the blue color and then the way yes. that the lights would hit on everything and the logos. When all the athletes were out on the stage and especially for this one, they had to do the muscle ups. Right. Dude, it was a spectacle. And I don't mean in like a I don't mean like a circus spectacle. Like right. it was so awesome to watch. And that that Coliseum, when it goes off, gets 
loud. Loud. Holy shit. So loud. Like a, so loud. Like a plane. It was like such a, a cool fighter setup. And that was, off. and I mean, you, you came into that with this whole like, all right, let's see what you got, Madison. Yep. Let's see if this is going to, yep. if it's going to be anything. And dude, so it was legit. awesome. So legit. So what, nice. And what I really liked was a little tip of the cap to Carson because event three into the main CrossFit stage, the Coliseum now replaces the tennis stadium and they come in for Amanda 45. And if you guys know your game's history, which we've gone through in 2010, when they moved from Aromas to Carson, which was the same uproar, the very first event of the CrossFit games was in the tennis stadium. And they did Amanda, which was nine, seven, five, uh, muscle ups and squat snatches at 135 and is it 85? Uh, Looking 95, wasn't it? 95, 95. 135 and 95. 95. Yeah. And then the very first event they had in the Coliseum, they did Amanda 45. So they took that 975. They're like, that's old news, too easy, which <laughs> I do agree. And they added a 13 and 11. And now we're doing 45 total ring muscle ups and 45 squat snatches. 13 down to five, dropping by twos. And Amanda, 45, they, I mean, you're talking about the spectacle. It was, yeah. they had five giant A-frame rigs with all the rings and five rows of barbells. And the athletes just started at one end and they, they used the rings, then moved to the bar. And then it just, it was a, a spectacle beyond anything yeah. we had seen. And that was really I mean, the games took off in Carson to, to another level. But once we got to, I feel like once we got to Madison and the Coliseum, oh, let's not blow past the fact that Rogue just built this giant outdoor arena in the parking lot, which we'll get yeah, to here in a little yeah. bit. But this is when I was like, oh, now we're like a, not just an amazing test and a, and a cool spectacle. It's like we are like... Le legit. legit legit and now legit. we're on yeah. gosh we're on C we're now on cbs uh yeah we were cbs that year because you you sean and tanya were doing like live cbs calls and post-production cbs calls like yeah yeah oh but amanda 45 was, was so legit what was crazy was the coliseum it had so many similar pieces to the tennis stadium but this but it was so much bigger it, you, it was it was hard to tell because all you saw that it was every it was circled up so you had right the same feeling as the tennis stadium but when you looked at when you saw what they could put on the floor yes like it wasn't even close no no like the size was so much bigger and so it seemed it seemed similar but if you take all those people and you take all that stuff and you sh i mean you you couldn't even fit all that in the <laughs> no. tennis stadium like no not, not at all close so the way they set that up was Man, it was awesome, and I loved the 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 programming of it. I thought was awesome the the way like these athletes now like thirty muscle ups for time for these athletes is so not a big deal that you have to make it forty five. And I love the fact that it took. I mean, you you did Amanda the first time. You you remember how that setup was, and they did yes. the same thing for the Masters. Like this this seems to be the quintessential the first time you're in the stadium or whatever the stadium is. Yes. That group does it. So you guys right, did it first. Right. The Masters did it first when we first came into the stadium. And then here we are at the Coliseum. Same idea. Um, you can see the level of increase um, that that's had to had to have taken place for these for these athletes. And I, I, I thought that was perfect. I mean, it wasn't 
gigantic set, but it really allowed to showcase the gymnastic skills and the uh, the barbell cycling. And you could really see that race as it marched across the floor. It was awesome. Super awesome. cool. Super cool. Dakota Rager, yeah. he wins for the men. That was a little spark plug of a man. Dude, seriously. And then on the women's side is Jamie Green. Jamie, Bre Jamie Green's little individual coming out party. She had, what was it, the year before she won the Open or got second? Yeah. Won the open she won team. the Open and went team for CrossFit Yaz in 2016. 2017, yeah. she went individual. Um, what I love the most about this, before we uh, get into the movements, is that the 13, 11, 9, 7, 5 was just enough to bait some of these athletes into trying oh, to go man. unbroken on the rings. Like you, you, totally. you shouldn't and couldn't go touch and go on the snatches. You should just do singles because the race is really won or lost on the rings. Yep. All these athletes can handle the snatches unless you do touch and go and then you're going to screw yourself up for the rings. And that was the idea. And yeah. you know, you throw 13 out there, they're like, Phew. and as you said, 30 ring muscle ups for time. People are doing this unbroken now, at least on the men's yeah. side and the women are getting close. And I think, Sam Briggs tried to go unbroken, and it did not work out very well. <laughs> and I don't think she did bad, but, yeah, she got fifth. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, it was, it was a, a fun little, fun little uh, challenge, a little bait out there from Dave Castro. So in this event, you have ring muscle-ups, a gymnastics movement, and you have squat snatches. Now, 135 and 95 to a games athlete is a light it's a light movement, especially in the um, the volume of what she done. Forty five squat snatches at that weight, especially done in singles. Yeah, pretty lightweight. Time frame is in that five to ten minute range. Medium rep scheme, fifty to two hundred. I know that's a big <laughs> that's a big range, but that's what they have here. Um, we got a couplet, and yeah, so that ends day number one on a Thursday, and no breaks this time. Typically no. in the past, we've done a Wednesday start with a Thursday break and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think last year there was a Wednesday start and then they had the swim on the Thursday. The single swim, yeah. The single swim. So it wasn't t a terrible day number two. Uh, but as we move into day number two, we go to the outdoor stadium that Rogue built and they built yeah. a soccer field, which was, it was probably, the, it was probably like a football field, a, a little bit more narrow. Um, maybe not quite, but it it looked like a, a soccer field and it was turf. Yeah. Right. It wasn't grass. It was turf. And on the other half was this giant obstacle course, a little 50, 50. And it, it looked so cool. And again, talking about the legitimacy of this year's test as a spectacle and sport and show. And now it's, it's professional in all, all the ways you'd want it to be. Seeing that construction that Rogue put together of that half field, half course was incredible. Yeah, the way incredible. that they were able to take just a plain parking lot. It's just a parking lot. And build an entire arena on that on that ground was just nuts. I mean, and it was and it was crazy because whether you went from when they had when they had the obstacle course races happening. Yeah. All the athletes and everyone were hanging out on the grass turf right. area. That was kind of like the waiting area, you know, as they were getting ready to go on. And it was almost unreal that you had. 
mean, it was like it was like a fake island, right? You know? I mean, like this whole thing was sitting out there. You Fitness had this island out there, nice in the- <laughs> grass. You had all this sand because it was all sand where the yeah. where the uh, um, the obstacle course was. But the way that That's they true. put the I obstacle never thought course about together, that. I loved that it was. You know, I think with the, with the Spartan races and with uh, those those types of events, all the you know the all the OCR stuff that's being popularized now, it's obstacles over a long distance race. Right. I loved that it was all out fast sprint. Yes. You know, uh, winner advances mm-hmm. uh, set up like that made it so exciting and the the pieces that they had yes were super fun and it what and what i really liked was that they took the time to there are a lot of events where we feel that like the event sounds great but they don't really take the time to go okay what is everything what are all the things that can happen in this particular event what are the shortcuts that athletes are going to take trying to win yeah and the very first uh element was that cargo net yeah and so they went up and they yes. said okay they had some people doing it had some people doing it then they said okay you you are not able not allowed to do the flipping over the top which is a lot faster yeah well they said um, that because someone or multiple people <laughs> in practice i think they practiced this thing two or three different times to ensure yeah. athlete safety and comfortability but right. like bill said it's like they were flipping over the top and dropping except the people that got their foot caught halfway foot caught. down <laughs> landed on their heads i think it's anna tobias oh. said that uh she fell but she tried to catch herself yeah. and i don't know if you guys have ever like water skied but <clears throat> what it did to her forearms that strain where like the the handle gets snapped out of your hands before you're ready and it just yeah. blows out your forms. I feel like that happened to her. Yeah. In practice. But and, I, but I really like how they how they did that. They went through Oh, it was so you know, it was all so different cool. tests. And the the races were oh man, dude, they were so fun and so fast and I mean, yeah. all the different pieces. They were so close. So it, it was like obstacle, 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 obstacle. There wasn't any running in between. Them. It was <laughs> oh, no. jumping to the next obstacle. Next. And then the way they finished, where they had to go up the up the rope ladder yes. up to the top. And it, then it was very like almost like Ninja Warrior-ish, where you get up to the top and you smack the smack buzzer. Smack the button. <laughs> and you're up, you're up above and you see everybody. It was just, uh, I thought that race. Yes was really cool i mean what a way to put a sprint together mm-hmm. not just a flat out run but a cool sprint with a lot of cool shit in it that was awesome and I, I that really, one was fun i really like the what you're talking about is they did a good job testing it because they legitimately had those al- athletes out there i want to say three different times to run the course and to learn what you can do what not to do and to practice the hard implements not necessarily hard but tricky yeah. So that in turn allow there to be such a really cool race, right? As yeah. opposed to, hey, just learn this on the fly. Like um, <clears throat> this was this was a little nod to Camp Pendleton. Yeah, totally. Because we had that obstacle course at Camp Pendleton, but they really didn't get to practice it. So some people were good, some people were bad. And to talk to the course, it was this what twenty foot cargo net. Uh, so you scale, I think it was 20. somewhere around there. Yeah, you yeah, scale yeah. a twenty foot right. cargo net, and then you run up to this this ascending log. So it's a it's a log that you run up and, and jump to a rope that swings you to another log. That ended up being the hardest part because 
the races were so fast. If you had a misstep and you had to go back and do the implement again, you basically lost, unless you're Pat Vilner. <laughs> <laughs> and so you do this this rope swing to another log, monkey bars, scale a 10, 15 foot wall, wall. with yeah. a rope. So you'd, you'd rope climb over this wall, three hurdle logs, um, five hanging ropes where you'd yep. kind of vine rope swing, to rope, rope to, to rope to rope, crawl. Under a net? Under a net. I think it was over some logs, some step stool logs. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then yeah. under a cargo net. Then you would run to this rope ladder that wasn't anchored. So if you hit it too hard, it's swinging all over the place. Up 15 feet to this platform. It was it was so cool. And like I said, it was just back to back to back to back to back to back. There was no breaks in between. And again, allowing them to practice made it more fun to watch. The one thing we were not expecting that nobody was, it was so effing cold that morning. Yeah. Like freezing. the day before it had rained and then the sun came out. And it was humid. And it was humid. And then the next morning, we're talking about like wintry conditions. Yeah. It was so freezing. They were freezing and they had to sit out there, like you said, on on Fitness Island. <laughs> they, and they weren't allowed to like bring sweaters and they had to wear no. their it was really it was really weird but i just remember i was f so cold i ran to the reebok tent and bought sweats in a hoodie because Go i looked that. at the weather for the week i was like oh it's gonna be 75 80 degrees the whole way through nope it's like 40 uh, degrees starting at thursday morning or friday well, morning I remember when the when the teams had to do this it was raining on them oh that's right they were, they were athletes that were sliding all over the logs and they're trying to get up <laughs> there so and dangerous it was, man, like it was. It was that, so CrossFit. It was bad. I felt bad for those guys. You would see you see good teams where they would just the, the of the they'd go up the log where they have to jump to the rope to the other log. Yeah, they'd swing cross. The foot would kind of dangle and barely touch, and have to swing back. And they yeah. go up again. They swing back and they drop, and they go back again and just like, slip off the log and then slip here and slip there. It was, it was nuts. It was nuts, but it was it was really cool. It was really exciting to watch. We had some great races all the way through. Um. Your winners, Pat Velner, he wins, even with a stumble in the first couple of rounds, but he had such a hard close. It was actually, yeah. Um, and then I think on the last one, he finally put it all together for a uh, a good sprint. And on the women's side, I want to say is Tennille Reed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she did great. She did fantastic. So Tennille awesome. Reed or Tennille Berline, at the time she was Reed, now she is Berline. Uh, mm -hmm. She wins the sprint O course. And then we move from the outdoor stadium back to the Coliseum for the one rep max snatch. And what I liked about this is, you know, testing a maxed lift with a lift that requires a lot more to be successful than just brute strength, as opposed to a one rep max deadlift or back squat, even a CrossFit total, is that you can be the strongest guy or girl in the room, but if you don't have the technique speed and efficiency to do this lift for a heavy lift it's somewhat negated so i like the snatch in terms of it's almost a, a to a, a certain extent a level a leveling movement in that strength department now the strongest and most proficient will win which they should you have the best of both worlds but i love the snatch as being a, a max lift test here yeah and i love the way it was presented in the uh in the Coliseum and the fanfare that was happening during this time, watching all the athletes going back and forth and, and, you know, seeing 
Because you hearing well, you all went the talk, one at a time. hearing all the talk, you know, here was Tommy Venus, brand new kid. Oh out yes. there. He's like, I want I want three wheels. I want three blues. And everyone's like, oh shit. Three <laughs> blues. We're gonna see three fifteen out here on the floor. And then, you know, I mean, you have some you have some heavy hitters out there. You got Easy Muhammad, you know, lift heavy all the time. You got Matt Fraser, this is his deal. And then even like Brent Fakowski comes out there and he's in the mix in the top three, you know, ended up, it was such a cool show and the way the crowd was responding uh, with the athletes and the way they were lifting the way the, the athletes were taking chances. Like they were going for it. It wasn't, I didn't see like when we saw the overhead squat back in Carson, they did this and there was a little bit of baiting between like Tommy Hackenbrook and uh, Rich Froning and, and, and Matt Fraser, I saw more going for it with the athletes here yes. than I saw them trying to just barely make it in there. I didn't see that as much. Yeah. And that made it really, really fun. Like everyone was into it. The athletes were into it. They were smiling and getting all crazy. The, the fans were getting nuts. Yeah. And they were throwing up some good weights, man. Oh, yeah. For sure they were throwing up some good weights. And I, I think what the difference was is not only just the time, right? 2014, they did this on a Wednesday night. You're not going to get a huge draw even at the tennis stadium right. on a Wednesday night at the CrossFit Games. This is Friday night yeah. at the CrossFit Games. Or not Friday, just like midday Friday. But what they had in 2014, I, had, I think they had three lifts. And they, yeah. they would lift in order. I think every 20 seconds they would go down the line. This one, they had a qualifying round. And then the top 10 lifters would get to the next one. And so when you said he thought people would go for it, it's like, yeah, because if you at you least made the top 10, you're like, the worst I'm going to do is 10th place. And if I want to get fifth, I'm going to have to do something crazy. Yeah. And even the top five guys, like if I want to win, I'm going to have to do something more than I want to do because there's five dudes in here that can easily outlift me. And so you did see that once they got to the second round, dudes just throwing up crazy ass weight and trying to, trying to go for it. Now, and on the women's side too, I think it was the women's side who won, but I think, oh, let me look at this. Cara. It was Cara, but initially it was, um, it was Alessandra Pacelli because but what Pacelli did is, let me see. Yeah. She only loaded one half of her barbell with like a two pound plate. <laughs> and so she hits her lift and like, oh, Pacelli, she gets 204. And then they went back. You're like, nope, you only put a two-pound plate on the left side of your bar. Because <laughs> you saw her. She hits this lift. Pacelli wins 204 pounds. And then you're like, wait, no, we're missing a, we're missing a little yellow over here on the side. <laughs> and so they re- retroactively went back, and Cara Saunders wins at 203. Um, but what was wild is you see them miss weights at these absurd numbers. Like, you see guys going like they'll miss an attempt and in 20 seconds they'll rush back to the bar and try to hit a 290 pound snatch and on the women's side miss it and try to hit a 200 pound snatch it was it was crazy but like i said the reactions you got because the stadium was packed now it's friday everyone's off work it's in madison they have their assigned seats the roof is now on so it's even louder and just seeing these weights go up and the good part is or the the fun part is is that you have an entire crowd of people that know exactly how heavy that weight is with context as opposed to be like, oh. was that a hard hit in football or is that a deep shot? How many points is that? Like you, you have a fully educated crowd that is totally vibing with what's going on. And that's totally. what made it so fun to watch. 
Yeah. And I, the making that, um, that qualifying round where if you got into the top 10, you got to lift, I think putting those elements in is a, is one of the best things that, that Dave has done to make sure that it forces everyone to compete. It forces yes. you to give your best show. And I think that that's, I mean, that's what we want. I mean, yes, we want to see everyone lift heavyweight, but the now, now every lift was important. You couldn't just go, eh, I'll just kind of, I'll do damage control <laughs> on this one. Yeah. You know, like if you had a shot to go, so you could go for it. And I, whenever he puts those little elements, I think that that's something that's um, programming wise really important because he's, he's, he's forcing the race. Yes. And whenever you have the, that's one of the beauties of being the of the programmer is you have, you have the ability to control what the masses, what the mass field is going to do. And that's what he did here. And I think that that's really smart that he did it that way. And I think that most competitions should have an element of that in it so that you can ensure that you're always going to get people yeah. going for it because what you want, you don't want people to blow this one off, even though you're going to have whatever 15 events or whatever. I don't right, want you to blow right. it off. I want you to compete. Like I wanted you to, you know, put it out there. So I thought that was awesome how he put that together. That I was did. cool. That that was really cool. Um, your winners in this event, it is Garrett Fisher. Garrett Fisher gets a wait. What was it three oh five? Oh five. And then Carl Saunders gets two oh three. So that's the second event of day number two as we move from the heavyweight to a long gymnastics chipper called the yeah. Triple G Chipper. And what this event was was. 100 pull-ups, just chin over the bar, 80 GHD sit-ups, 60 alternating pistols, 40 calorie row, and then 20 dumbbell push presses with a 170-pound dumbbell. And that thing, towards the end, because of the push press, right, not the push jerk, it wasn't just shoulder to overhead, yeah. um, was the game changer. But the lead-up, it was just like, this slow and steady march towards the dumbbell. It's like, okay, 100 pull-ups. Let me navigate that. Get through it. I say we navigate that. Like just, Most people, if like, they did 100 pull-ups in the week, they'd be lucky. Right? <laughs> um, and then the ADG sit-ups were like, yep, finish that. And then I wouldn't be able to move for the rest of the day. Oh, and I get to do pistols. But watching them slowly work their way to that dumbbell... And then the madness that ensued with the dumbbell, like the panic and the heaviness and like, oh, my arms from pulling are smoked and my core is taxed from the GHD and my legs don't work anymore because I just did 60 pistols and 40 cals on the rower. And now I have to push press this 100 or 70 pound dumbbell over my head with one arm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I, and it was I love so that big. Build, that buildup was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that buildup was awesome, and and you and uh, Brandon were actually commentating this one for a lot of it. Yeah, um, at least at least on the uh, the YouTube the YouTube thread, and it was interesting when you were talking about this, which is totally true. It's like okay, a hundred pull ups. Yes, these athletes can do that, but that is the first step of this entire yeah three hundred rep activity. And that's not even that big of a deal. And, you, you know, it's like, don't be afraid to break early. Don't be afraid to break early. And I, and it was interesting to watch where these athletes were doing. They're like, who's going to go unbroken? Uh, I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and I can remember, uh, um, oh, and the name just, I just lost the name right now, but I think he did 67. Cody. Was it Cody? I know he did a lot. 
someone someone that was 67 yeah. out of the gate or dakota or one of those little gymnastic yeah. freaks uh, oh man it's a dude from davis davis um, crossfit davis oh oh my gosh ah uh, i mean uh, i'm, I'm just how, how far down you want me to go I'll, down the I'll list figure it out. um <laughs> <laughs> so dumb i can't believe i'm just blanking like that anyway the 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 fact that there were that many that many reps and it all came down to those 20 uh those dumbbells and they were looked so big compared Patzer? to those athletes you know so big compared to those athletes was it jeff patzer yes god thank you you're welcome jeez um i'm like where's a little tiny gymnastics guy that i know is from california uh, yes, There's I know. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> wasn't sticking to my head there, oh. but he he came out with like 67 reps unbroken. Comes down and shakes it off, and and you know it, it, I liked what it was because it was you could you could attack that the pull ups, yep, like ferociously attack it, knowing that you had 80 GHDs that you're gonna have to do. You're not gonna use your arms at all, so you would kind of be able to recover from that a little bit. And you know, and these athletes they can do high level or high volume, high volume pulling stuff. So that, yeah. that isn't that big of a deal, but it does, you know, when you do a, a, a large set like that and then you go from actively moving to nothing, yeah, you have that set, you know, you have the, that, that, uh, lactic acid buildup where it just kind of crunches into those, into those, uh, those biceps and those lats. So you think you're going to have a rest, <laughs> you don't really have a rest, you know, but, uh, man, the, the dumbbells, I, I loved watching how, because it's not just a matter of getting up. It's like you have to bring that thing back down to your yes. shoulder. And if that dumbbell is not in the right place, then it takes so much out of you as it comes down. That rebound is Dude. just out of control. And that dumbbell is huge. Huge, man. Huge. They don't change the handle size. So, like, the handle is still the handle, whether it's, like, a 20-pound dumbbell or a 100-pound dumbbell. But the, the ends... <laughs> gigantic are man. so it looks, big it looks like a cartoon it looks like a cartoon dumbbell <laughs> you would see like someone's the the dumbbell would come down their and head would disappear their and then they'd go back like, oh okay that's josh bridges <laughs> oh there okay. they are that's who that is peekaboo man that's funny i like that but i like that event though i thought that oh the, it was the such a great event awesome. the awesome the numbers were great um it put everyone i think just to the right Yes. It made every single one of those elements competitive. Yes. It wasn't too much or too little. I thought it was perfect for what it was. And what I loved about this, because in chippers, a lot of times you'll see movements thrown in there that are kind of irrelevant. Like, yeah, let's just get through this. This isn't really going to have an impact on the on, on the rest of the event. But the way these movements were structured is, is exactly what you just said, is that every piece mattered. You couldn't yeah. take a section off. You could throttle back a little bit and save yourself for maybe something later based off your skill sets, but you couldn't just blow it off or be like, I'll catch up at the end. And the perfect example of that is if you think chippers at regionals or the CrossFit Games, on the men's side specifically, you think of one name, and that's Brent Fikowski. Well, guess what? Yep. Those 100 pull-ups, and I'd say that mattered, Brent Fikowski got 31st placing he has never lost a chipper until this moment in time and we're talking about guy a guy that looks like he sleeps walks through chippers <laughs> and he gets 31st because those 100 pull-ups wrecked him yeah wrecked him yeah it, I mean, was, he it just, was it was good so that's was, an example of like every section did matter like we're saying don't blow yourself up on the 100 because it doesn't matter at the end however 
you still got to be good. <laughs> like you can't well, and then just... think of it. Think of gymnastics. If we think gymnastics, who do we think about? Especially in this area, this going to be Alex Smith. Right. Alex was thirty fourth in this event. Right. Although you know? Alec so, I mean, went on a big set to start too. About, I mean, because it'd be very easy to say, okay, you have guys like Jeff Patzer, whose arms are not very long compared to Garrett Fisher and Brent Fikowski and Eliza Muhammad and those guys with the those long, right. you know, those long limbs. Obviously, if it was only pull ups. Yeah, the long guys are going to get screwed. But here's Alex Smith, 34th place. Mm -hmm. He's a gymnastic master, and he's strong. Right. And he has all those elements. So th Game that's why I think it's huge. great that it, it wasn't a one-piece deal. You yes. had to you had to smoke all the – you had to be good at all of the pieces like that. to be up in the top half. You just had yeah. to, period. And so this one, this event started with three gymnastics movements, pull-ups, GHC sit-ups, and pistols. They had a monostructural row in the middle with the 40 cals and that heavy – dumbbell weightlifting component so you, you had all three bases but more on the gymnastic side i mean we just finished we just finished a wonder max snatch so it was good to see the the more gymnastics smaller athletes get their event well showing some good balance from one event to the next uh the men on the men's side matt fraser wins at a time of ten forty six. golly that is so, so fast, fast. So and on the fast. on the women's side, Cara Saunders goes back to back. She actually beat Matt by one second, ten forty five. Wow! So Cara Saunders gets back to back wins from snatch to chipper. So when you talk about balance and having all the yeah. your 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 eyes uh, dotted and t's crossed in your fitness repertoire, you go and win the one rep snatch and then the triple G chipper. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why Cara Saunders almost won this year. Yeah, she's a bad, she's a that was ass. such a fun event to watch. So that was Friday. Oh, but we're not done because we had a surprise event announced after this. And it is the infamous, <laughs> yeah. oh man, Assault Banger. It was like Dave Castro comes out and brings out the Assault Bike. And everyone's like, oh shit. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I don't know who he called to, someone from Rogue. He's like, Bring it out, and they they wheel this out, and everyone's like, "Is that just a small set of bleachers? What is that?" You're like, "No, those of you guys that know your history." And that, there was a big part of was it this year where Dave was saying, "Know your history, know where we've come yeah. from to see where we're going." Yeah, this is another one of those. Again, remember where we've been. Amanda forty five first event at the tennis stadium in two thousand and ten, and then he brings out this banger sled. What's it called again? You it was the assault banger. Yeah, it was a uh, triple banger is what the original one was. Yeah, but what is the the sled thing called? Oh, the, it's a Kaiser sled. Kaiser it's sled. Like for, and, yeah, and for they, the they, firefighters. Yeah, and Kaiser they rolled sled. this thing out. And we already had the obstacle course, right? So you got 2010, Amanda. 2012, Pendleton O course. 2011, the triple banger. Triple banger. And what's funny is like half the field didn't even know what this was. This thing came out. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> It's back. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, what the event was was 40-30, assault by cows, and then a 20-foot banger, and it was the it was just the one piece, so you straddled it and hit it backwards. Now, 20 feet is a long way. Well, see, this, to me, this is one of the, one of the best events that could have, should have been. Yeah, but that wasn't Dave's fault. No, no, no. Well... Sort of. Okay. I'm not saying that it was programmed wrong. It was programmed great. 
Like the, it was meant to be an all out, I'm going to blast your lungs and then you're going to have to do some, you know, heavy banging to move the, the Kaiser sled back. It was awesome. The problem was it like, like everything competition wise, you have to be able to go, okay, if I'm an athlete that wants to win, right? What are all the loopholes that are going to happen? And the glaring one that happened was you can pull it right much faster than you can bang it the, and that's um, what happened and that was never mentioned they didn't say all they said was you had to get the sled from one side to the other side yeah that was it and, and, and i don't if for those of you that don't know the, the kaiser sled is just this long piece of sheet metal and they put this basically a brick a, yeah. a metal brick that you hit with a sledgehammer so the yeah when we're saying slide it down we're talking about hit, banging this brick between your feet backwards but what people did and, you know, we, we say this a lot is give a CrossFitter an insurmountable amount of work and they'll find the easiest, most efficient way yep. possible to do. And like, hey, you know what? Instead of hitting this, if I just hook the end of my sledgehammer on the end and pull it to me. <laughs> yeah, it'll slide really fast. I mean, you look and at George, <laughs> George Sanchez, you're like, why is your sledgehammer bent at 90 degrees? <laughs> <laughs> why is the head of your hammer hooked over as if this is like, uh, what is the, um, like a, a sheep herders? What is that thing called? A uh, shepherd's crook. A shepherd's crook. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just hooking and pulling this damn thing across. And everyone's like, well, this, we didn't really think and about that, was, that. And that's what was, what was bad was it went from such a cool event to, Oh, well, they didn't say, and then there was a lot of complaints about it. And, you know, the the, people got screwed because they, quote unquote, did it the right way versus whatever. And the problem was, is it then no one ever said. So it was technically within the rules. I mean, no one said you couldn't pull it. And that's what was that's what it went from an event that was programmed. Awesome, but not contained correctly to make it be. Um, the event that it should have been. Right. Um, I loved what it was programmed on paper. Uh, this is, I think, so cool. I love what the event is. I right. love what it is. And it was a an exciting race to watch everyone go flying. Oh yeah. On the on the assault bike <laughs> and running, you know, to the to grab their hammer and you know get to the get to the uh, the sled. But then all of a sudden it was like. Well, as people are coming across or not coming across. If if we want to say um, homages to the past, this is like um, the old Pat Barber finale of the 2011. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, if I just take the middle round off, I can win more points. If I try it every single time, so totally. I know. <laughs> Another I tip know. of the cap to the olden days. Um, but that, that was a <laughs> it was a fun and exciting thing to close in the moment. It was exciting. We didn't really see the the difference once it was uh, more retroactive, but. Technically, George Sanchez wins the assault banger for the men, and Sam Briggs wins the assault banger for the women. One thing to note here is we just said, um, sorry, I just lost it. Um, Cara Saunders is coming off two back-to-back wins from the snatch to the triple G, and then she comes out and gets second in the banger. Her her day number two, unbelievable, crushed it. Crush it. Yeah. Let, let me. What did she get? Let's see. Oh, course. Nah, 17th. You wouldn't really look at Carl Saunders like you would be good on an obstacle course because you'd say, <laughs> like, you're probably good at snatching. And she is. Right. So she got 17th to start, but then she went first, first, second to close out day 
number two. And as we close out day number two, we move to the start of day number three. We go out back to the outdoor arena in the parking lot into one of my favorite events that would be going into my round table. I'm on, I think I'm, this is my 83rd favorite event and I need to somehow yeah. pick 32. I think, you've, I think you've only cut like four out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what? The uh, separator is out. If you guys listened to our last episode so from 2000. One. Minus one event. Minus one event from every event program since 2007. But strong <laughs> man's fear. This to me, let me, let me walk through it for those of you guys that don't know or remember what it was. You had three different strongman elements on one side of the football field, and you had to move him into two half sections. So halfway through, go back and get another one, but to go back, you had to walk on your hands. So you went midway to the field, handstand, walk back to the start, grab a new element, bring it back, grab a new element, bring it back, take him to the finish line, um, but you still had a handstand walk back to the start each time. What it was was there was a yoke, um, 500 pounds for the men, 340 for the women. What is called farmer's logs, and it's, it's basically just a farmer carry. They just they look like two telephone poles with handles on them. Yeah. 200 pounds each for the men, 120 pounds each for the women, and then a sled that you dragged behind you. So think about straps over your shoulders and, and pulling this sled. The weight on the men is 400 pounds and 310. So you're talking about like extremely extremely heavy odd object implements and then mix that in with a handstand walk that had to be unbroken. I think it was 30 meters. I want to say that sounds, that might be too far. Uh, well, 60 feet, 60 feet. Oh, okay. Down. So 20, to, uh, yeah. meters, 20 meters. Yeah. Give or take. Um, this event after once I saw it programmed and announced, this was another one of those events for me like seeing the 2159 complex come out in 2014 where I just looked at Dave and I just started slow clapping. I was like, this is such a cool, unique, complete test of an athletes in a way that I would have never thought to test them in terms of strength, durability, stamina, gymnastics, all of those that I was one of those like, yep, you're the man. You're the freaking man because this event was so freaking cool. And the best part was is that they let the athletes choose which implements they wanted to use and when. There was no specific order you had to do them in. And it was just really fun to watch it unfold uh, as heats went on because heats in the later would see is like, oh, maybe I should do that one first or that one last and this is how it should be. And I loved this event from start to finish. This is, this is one of my favorite ones. I, I loved what it was. Um, I loved how it was set up. I think this was the first time. I'm pretty sure this is the first time there's ever been a choose your own adventure type of a event. I can't think of, can't think of any other one at the games that was like that. No, I I, I think you're um, right. Yeah, and so, which makes it very interesting because it can technically change the event based on what it is like we, we all did the open remember the open um event Last where year? you got to choose your own we had the wall balls and the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, muscle yeah. up and the rowing depending on how you did that event it became a different event so there's almost an element of that here where you're trying to get not just what's going to be the hardest stuff out of the way first but there was also an element of um 
placing the objects on the ground and getting things to a particular place so that you can move things easily, not have to move around objects. And that was one of the that was one of the things that I thought as much as I like the event, I think it's great. I love the fact that the stuff is heavy. I love the fact that they brought three strongman elements out. I love the yeah. fact that they had a simple handstand walk, which you think is not that big of a deal, but <laughs> strongman and yeah. strongman movements are all core heavy duty core yeah. work to the end. And then degree. you go to a handstand walk where you need your core. And if you don't, you're <laughs> wobbling all over the place. And there were a lot of crazy legs in this yes. particular event. I mean, all kinds of scorpions because the midlines were just blown out. But the 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 only downside to this to me is I wish it would have been you had to do X, Y, and Z in in order. Like you wanted more structure. Yeah, well, like it's like it had to be yoke, and then it had to be farmers, and then it had to be the sled. You wanted not to be you that. got to pick. Got it. Okay. Because then there was again, like I, I, I want everyone to, I want the field to be raced on the same platform. Not mm -hmm. well, you get to have your version of the race, and you get to have your version of the race, and you get to have your version of the race. And I don't want something getting stuck in the way because of the order that they pick. All of a sudden, like now, it's not the race; it's just placement of objects that yeah. someone had to deal with. I. That's one thing. It's it's not much of a, a complaint other than, you know, I just I didn't want something stupid to interrupt the right. race. But, dude, the race was nuts. And it Man. has to me one of the greatest finishes that I've ever seen Matt Fraser ever have. <laughs> yeah. That race between him and Brent, because here's the champ. That doesn't need to throw himself off the, the course and he's pushing so hard to get to Brent that he flies off the other end. Like the, the way that they built the, the floor was it was raised and then they had all the turf and everything built up on top of that. So he finishes, goes through the finish line and the rolls off the top of the floor. He was like trying so hard. So I, the, the race was amazing. What it was, how it was set up, what it looked like on that. Yeah. On that field, on that turf. Awesome. Super cool. Yeah. Super I always cool. think it's funny is the things that we like or dislike sometimes. What do you mean? Oh, you like just the like that they those, got to do it on their yeah, the like those little things that you didn't like were some of my favorite parts of the event. I always think it's kind of well, funny. I, you know what? It's but again, as that's, far that's as the point. Like, is, that's, I'd like it, but when you're racing and you're trying to compare, it's like you should compare apples to apples. Yeah, I don't want to compare red apples to green apples. I want yeah. green apples to and, green. Apples. And what I'm looking at is they're comparing is that they're comparing strategic um, planning. Like, True, but that's never been test. That's never been an object for for fitness. It's not a characteristic. It's not I, on there. I mean, strategy is our game, right? Not the not the not the game that a you know. Yeah, but if you want to be fit, you have to be able really to strategize to for your own abilities. Well, and that's true. I mean, there is an element. That's why I I agree with you. Because every event is going to be where yeah, you're going to play it like your that. way anyway. Right. I just don't want. I don't want the sled to all of a sudden getting in the way and now someone can't race because well the sled's in the way yeah but that was their choice they, they put it there <laughs> that's their fault I, I hear you <laughs> i'm just saying that like that to me seems like something that yeah is is taken away from the oh no i totally overall. understand i totally understand i just like i said but I, love like, what I think it it's is. i think it's I funny of the event i think it's funny is when we um sometimes things we don't like are the things that we love about the other thing it's, it's no totally no it's I cool get it. but it's we should like, man we shouldn't be agree oh, with no, everything good together. Lord. I mean, yeah. come on. It's a, it's Other to me it's we'd be talking about at night when we're drinking our stuff. That's yeah, true. To me <laughs> it's like looking at a painting. 
You're like, you know, I, you I don't see? like these I vertical. I see the old lady. I don't like I these vertical the strokes in the way they blended the blues. I'm like, I love that part. It's my favorite part <laughs> of the whole painting. <laughs> the best part ah. is like when it's over, like you're an idiot. Like, no, it's like, okay, I can, I see your side. I just, I like it that way. Like, why? No, do totally. Like, cool. It's all good. Um, but Strongman Sphere, three different odd object tests of, I mean, to not test feats of strength. These things, yeah, were, it was so heavy. Yeah. So heavy. And then the handstand walks, you had that gymnastics test. It was a really cool event, really cool test. And we move into another cool one as we go back into the Coliseum for the muscle-up clean ladder. Again, let me show you the tip of the cap to old CrossFit Games events. It was four bar muscle-ups followed by two cleans with ascending weight. Now, they could power, they could squat. It was up to them. But listen to these weights. The men go from 225, there's eight rounds. And in eight bars, they get up to 350. On the women's side, it goes from 145 to 235, which is another major weight discrepancy between the men and women, but that is neither here nor there. (laughs) But on the bar muscle-ups, they made them do one at a time and advance the bar forward. And what they had is they had this mini little killer cage. Yeah. And you had to drop every bar muscle-up. So Killer Cage, 2011. Bar muscle-up singles, 2013 of the pool swim and the bar muscle-up. So again, another little twist on old implements and old movement um, uh, rules, I could say. They made them do one every time because they're at a pool and they don't need to be falling off a pull-up bar. But uh, I thought that was really cool. Um, a, A good... Fun, unique test of strength. And obviously, the ascending bar, you have the speed clean ladders again. And uh, for, especially from the year before was that pyramid, except it's just two reps every time. Um, looked amazing. You had these row, this long line of bars stretching from the pull-up rig to one end of the Coliseum to the finish line on the other. And it was, again, one of those slow-burning ones that we saw from the Triple G chipper is like, the crowd would get more noisy as you advance closer to the end of the line and closer and closer and then cheering for athletes that you didn't think would hit the weight and they did hit the weight and or saying on a live broadcast that an athlete would not hit the weight because there's no way they could lift that much weight and they do <laughs> it in your face two times. <laughs> I'm speaking specifically. And you got blasted. I thought that was so yeah. great. That's, like that's, once again. Yeah, that's definitely going to be. Well, I'll <laughs> save this story. Yeah, save that one. I'm going to save this story. Of I've had some good foot and mouth moments in my broadcasting career, but this was the best one. Thank you, Cody Anderson. Good. It was pretty good. Much respect to you, sir. But um, the event itself, a really cool way to test strength. Gymnastics were irrelevant. It was just a little wrinkle in the fabric. But for what it was, as opposed to just doing a pure max lift, which we've already done with the snatch. I like that they use the snatch for the max lift, save the heavy cleans for something more appropriate inside a, a, a Metcon, if you would, for the test. Yeah, yeah, the way it looked, I mean, you had 10 lanes, and you had eight bars. You had 80 bars on the floor. Gosh, what was the total bars. weight? I remember they said something. The, the amount I'm of weight they the said floor. on the floor is... Uh, <laughs> Stupid. Disgusting number of weight, but oh. um, so first of all, logistically, I mean, you got to hand it to the road crew getting all of that out there, bro, and all of that back out between the men's and shout the out to the and, rogue weight crew, geez, equipment crew, man, like, 
Like those guys are like they're working they're harder like, than the games like athletes are. Gnomes. They're like <laughs> fitness gnomes. Like they just go out and make they just change shit around so fast. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what the weight is, doesn't matter what the object is. But I liked how it was. I thought it was interesting that they went singles. Um and you're right, the 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 bar muscle ups were meaningless in this event, other than it it, it forced a, a level of rest between the yeah. lifts that you had to do. So it gave you just enough and you had to walk, you walk a little bit further every single time. Um, so it gave you a little bit more rest as you got to those heavier weights. And I mean, they needed it. I mean, we saw, Oh yeah. You know, Matt, Matt Fraser, I think got punched out the backside one time trying to get one, just trying to put <laughs> it. So I, like, like that rest yeah. was needed, you know? Um, but it was fun to see how everyone was moving down. And then again, just like as, as CrossFitter fans go, when you, when the athletes get down towards the end, like we and everyone in the crowd knows what it's like to grab a bar and fail under it, we, to get punched out, to not be able to pull under it, to have it like get into that front rack when we're, when we're trying to catch it in a squat or we yep. do some weird starfish catch, <laughs> you know, split yeah. our legs sideways, trying to do whatever to get under it. And then seeing these athletes doing it at their weight, we, we, we know that. And so you're right. The cheers got louder and yep. louder and louder and louder as they marched down. And then, you know, when they, when the athletes would finish, and get up on the the finish line up there raising their hands up oh, like it was man. every like the the mass congratulatory everything not just cheering but congratulating yeah the athlete for doing yes. it because they know what it feels like yes you know, exactly like, you know way to go way to get that one rep way to get that that pr way to way to attempt that and not get it you know and then come back at it again like that right. was just so fun for everyone and and these are important events to have just like you said it showcases strength um in a unique way, and this, these these types of of, of uh, strength showcases are my favorite. I'm not a one rep max guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's important to have, but I like seeing this more. And yeah. this was I thought was a great event. It was awesome, super fun to watch. Super fun to watch. And the the cool part is, especially with the crowd and those heavier bars, is that everyone knows what it's like to walk up to a bar that you're not sure you can lift, but you know you're gonna have to. Yeah. Right? If you want to do something great, you're going to have to get this. And they know the feeling, the anxiety, the doubt, the nervousness walking up to that barbell. And what was always so cool is that I loved about our MCs is that you know, we said this in a previous, I think it's 2013, we talked about this, but the MCs, the, you know, the guys on the floor, like the, no one can hear us when we broadcast. That's for the live stream. The MCs, with, they, their job is to let the crowd know what's happening. And in events like this is that they're giving them the information. This would be a personal best for this athlete. Yeah. Like they tell the crowd that. So even if you're like, oh, I hope they get it. And now, now you're emotionally invested. Like, I hope they get it and I hope they PR because I know what it's like. I know the feeling of PR. Yeah. I want to PR. I want to PR in front of I want to PR in front of thousands everybody. of people. And you're right. It was it just again, it it got so loud in the Coliseum and it was so cool to watch. So we go from that odd strongman test of strength to this more classic weightlifting style test of strength. Matt Fraser wins at 740. And this is when you really start to see Tia Toomey come into her own a little bit. Um, the previous years, if, especially if you saw the documentaries, is like, 
She kind of got second the first year on accident, and then she got second the next year because she wasn't really there to win. And, and you could yeah. see that. And then this year, in this event, this is when I want to say the switch finally flipped. And you're starting to see the Tia Toomey that you know and we all love to see today. And so she wins the muscle-up clean ladder. And we talked, um, again, heavy weightlifting, high-skilled gymnastics, another couplet. We kind of went the opposite direction that we just did. Um, previously, we went handstand walks going upside down and heavy strongman implements that was really just weight on the body and walking through. And now we have like this more high skilled strength test with some upper body pulling gymnastics. So two different strength tests in two different ways, which now that I look at that, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a cool little back to back combo. Yeah. And then we move into heavy 17.5 and earlier this year during the open 17.5 was 10 rounds, nine thrusters at 95 and 65 and 35 double unders. And this year they went heavy. They said initially that they bumped it up to 135 and 95. So the men were doing 135 and the women were doing the men's weights from the open because Dave wanted to showcase how badass the female athletes were relative to your general populace of male crossfitters. <laughs> and um, I'm going to save this story too. I'm going to save this story too. Okay. I got a story about this that might involve my time from the open. Right. And the overall women's leaderboard is <laughs> coming in. Oh, so if you guys want to hear some crazy stuff, Silly stories, Mount Rush moments. That's man, I'm excited See, for Mount Rush. This is gonna be hard. This is man. gonna be hard. Gonna I've be already said I, on this I feel like I have six moments already. I said, hey, wait till next time, and I'm not even gonna tell three of the stories. Okay, <laughs> I'm keeping that one though. That's a good one too. Okay, um, now you said the spectacle of seeing all the heavy bars on the floor, and then what they did is this quick turnaround is that you had ten lanes of ten barbells, and they had one hundred barbells on the competition floor yeah this looked so freaking cool and the best part is uh, you can for sure see this in the documentary if you haven't seen what is this called redeemed and dominant yeah redeemed and dominant the 2007 um cross the games documentary they did a time lapse up uh top view of the competition floor getting broken down and set up for this event man again the Rogue Fitness you, gnomes, Equipment man. Crew. Gnomes. Unbelievable. So cool. Yeah. But this event was, to close it out, when, when Dave announced this, I was like, man, that's just, that's rude. That's just I, mean. I, I thought it was an interesting way. I mean, like, we we just did it. Right. So why 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 bring it back like this? Even though it was heavier. Yeah. And, and all that, like I, I got it. And, and, and obviously when you change the weight like that, you are going to be changing, um, the stimulus, the, 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 the stimulus, you know, and that, so I get it. I, I get it, but it just seemed like, I don't know, to me initially it was like, it was too close. You know, it was like too close to do okay. the exact same thing again. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. That being said, the races that happened with that, the time frames that these athletes were doing it on the men's and the women's side, it looked like it was the exact same thing. Yes. You know, I mean, like they came out so damn fast. And again, the connection 
<laughs> it, it's a great test. I mean, it is. It's a great test. It, it's you're you're looking at accuracy for your for your double unders, and and the thing is, is that you're moving so fast that you really can't afford to mess up on your double unders. Right. Now you have to be able to push your thrusters like you did in the open. You have it's, it's going to push that limit of okay, just how much, how deep into that red zone do I want to get with this heavier weight and to be able to keep that same tempo, or couldn't can you keep the same tempo? Um, so I, I, I like that, but the connection between the crowd, who everyone in the crowd that's watching this did this event, right? Literally just a handful of months ago, right? Right. You know, and they're all there and they know exactly what it feels like. And again, the connection was gigantic and it was so loud in that Man. Coliseum and everyone was going so nuts because they know exactly how that feels. And it's like, I mean, we say this a bunch, but like, I think that that this is what's unique about this particular sport is like, you can't watch an NBA game and feel the same way because like you go and play pickup games. Right. On the weekend. I mean, unless or you play you college played in high school and you right. were decent or something like that. It's not the same. You are you are now experiencing exactly what these athletes have done. You know what they feel like. You know the anxieties. You know the you know where it's gonna hurt, when it's gonna hurt, and everyone is on is now not just cheering for you, but on the ride with you. Right. And you know, again, looking at the program side of it, I think it was appropriate to bump it up. For sure. Yeah. I think that it fits with what we have in here because you need to have a lighter barbell cycling movement and you have to have some double unders in there. We've hit, I mean, every other uh, monostructural. monostructural, you know, element here. So why not have uh, a, a decent number yeah. of double unders? Not something that's going to be like a, how, you know, how can you hang on for 120 and broken? Right. But how can you alternate back and forth and back and forth and back and forth? And so, you know, again, I, I think it was an it was a great addition to the overall program. Super fun to watch. Great races Man. because now everyone knew how everyone did out of the open. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you knew who you had to chase or you knew who you beat. And that yeah, was it was fun. That was that was that was really cool. That was really tough. Um, what I liked, uh, it was you know, it's like couplet Saturday. We, we had the strong amount of events with yeah. the handstand walks, and then we had the heavy cleans with the bar muscle-ups, and now we have the double-unders mixed with the thrusters. So that completes the third day of competition as we move into the fourth and final day, and we go back outside to the Madison Triplet. Now, the Madison Triplet, oof, it looked long. I didn't think it would be this tough, but when you saw the athletes finish this event, I was like, oh, Maybe I don't quite understand how hard this event really is. And <laughs> what it was, it was five rounds, run 450 meters, and then do seven hay bale clean burpees. So they had these uh, sandbags out there. There's a 100-pound bag and a 70-pound bag, but they had these hay bales. Uh, technically, they're straw bales. Okay, so we, we get it for you farmer Midwest fans. We know they weren't hay. They were straw. Wow. Is that really a thing? Yeah, yeah, really. People, do people complain about that? Bro, it's the internet. Okay. You know how many times I had someone wow. message me during the broadcast on Instagram? He's like, it's a straw bale. It's not hay. Hay is, I was like, okay, I get it. Thank you. Hay, hay is for horses. Hay is for horses and your ears are too long. Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So what they would have to do is they would, and people were screwing this up left and right, is they would have to do a clean. So they'd clean and throw the bag 
over the hay bale wall and then do a burpee and then jump over the wall. But everyone was like, burpee, clean throw. Like, no, (laughs) that's not how you're supposed to do it. And the thing that I can I can reach back for in terms of where this takes place off of is that we had the burpees over the walls in the 2010 finale and the 2014 sprint chipper. Yeah. Uh, no, 2013. 13. 2013, yeah. The 2013 sprint chipper where they did a burpee and hopped over a wall. Now they're throwing in the um, sandbag over the wall. But as I said to start is that this looked like just a long one. I was like, I hope this isn't like the, the yoke run, the midline madness. Oh yeah. Where it doesn't really count. I was like, Oh, they're just going to run really fast and they just do their seven and whatever. By the end of this, I was like, Oh no. Um, these things matter. And the fun part was watching the athletes that didn't understand what hay or straw bales do to your skin. If you are not wearing the appropriate attire, i.e. being shirtless <laughs> or wearing shorts, <laughs> yeah. and people paid dearly for that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so they're, they're getting all scratched up as they're going over all the straw that's just jabbing them and stabbing them as they, I mean, because they, they tried to take the easiest way up over those, the, that hay bale, straw bale wall. And so most of the people would like, roll themselves over the top right well the more you put your body on that stuff you the more scratches you get because it's like a bunch of sticks basically um but for me like there are people out there that have allergies to this type of stuff and i'm watching this <laughs> yeah and i'm getting stuffy just watching them i'm starting <laughs> to wheeze and i'm thinking if i was out there right now i honestly don't think I would be able to do it. I, yeah. I don't know. I'd be like, <laughs> having like some sort of, you know, asthma attack of, yeah. the, <laughs> of the, of the event. But it was, I thought it was really cool. And, and what I liked, it forced the tempo by bringing the weight. Like when was the last yes, time that yes, any yes, of yes. these athletes have touched a, a 100 pound sandbag for the men or a 70 pound sandbag for the women? Good point. Like, I don't even think they've even touched these things. Yeah. So, it forced the tempo and it was, yeah, there is that element of that, that, that yoke run where it was just all light and it was just all running. But because the, the sandbag, the burpee, the up over the wall in the number of reps, it still kept them on the floor. It kept them honest, decent enough, decent enough time where it wasn't just, it wasn't just a run only. So there were elements that they had to they had to push it the whole time, and in it actually was a really fun yeah event. Um, I and was, they made the I was sandbag little... yellow. They called them cheese cheese. Oh curves. yeah, the cheese curds because so they had cheese they're, they're yellow over the, over the wall. So that was kind of interesting. <laughs> when it was first announced, and I was looking at it on paper, and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, we'll we'll test and see how it goes. But at, at the end, and watching it take place, I was like, yeah, this is just a good. It was just a fun challenge. You know, it was a yeah. good test of, you know, cardiorespiratory endurance. And there then, was nothing that and was going to hold anybody up, the so middle. they got to go. Yeah. And I, and I like the, what you said about the weight 
and oftentimes we see this, that Dave will do this. And I think these are the things, these are the little things behind the scenes or between the lines that nobody reads when it's Dave Castro putting these events together is that he'll use time caps or weights or a certain amount of rep schemes that dictate a pace that athletes aren't prepared for. Yeah. And so the seven reps, like, okay, that's not very many. So I need to run fast because now these runs matter. However, with the lighter bag, you're like, oh, I need to go even faster here because this isn't really going to slow anybody down. So I can't rely on, say, if I'm strong, I can't just rely on that being the separator. I now have to be strong and fit and intense. Yeah. And, and then cognitively aware of the order of which these things need to be taken place, which was clean first, burpee over the wall second. Um, so I thought it was a really um, simple event to read and look. But once you saw it take place, like, yeah, that was just a good test. Just a good yeah. little challenge. No, it wasn't really, it wasn't anything flashy. Yeah, it wasn't sexy. But I think, no, uh, um, it, no, it it wasn't, um, which is okay. Because, you know, like we've talked about right. so many times, the, the tendency is to want to make everything this super showy, you know, like everything has to be this grandiose uh, production. And it doesn't have to be that. Right. Um, and this was a great event that showcased great for the athletes, showcased great for the fans, uh, showcased great for the just the program, the overall programming of the, uh, you know, of the entire week. Yep. So it was a, it was a, it was an awesome addition. And you're right, it didn't look spectacular, but w the way it played out was spectacular. Yeah. So it was it was fun to watch. It was, was really cool. fun to watch. That was really fun to watch. All right, your leader or your um, winner on the women's side is Sam Briggs. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And on the men's side for their time, it was Patrick Vellner. He's having a good close to the weekend. And we move from the not-so-spectator-awe-style CrossFit Games event to a very spectator-awe-style games event and setup as we move back into the Coliseum. And we do something we have... Well, I guess we have done it before. Um, close. We'll say close. another homage again. Is we had the two-two-two-three interval. And what this was was you had two minutes to do as many overhead squats as you could at 155 and 105. And the final rep count was 75. However, to get to the bar, you had to do two rope climbs, which were 20 feet high. They were high. They seemed to go up forever. That it's, was the weirdest it, thing. It was like, they are, these, are they 35 feet. feet high? But I believe it was 20 feet high, 10 and 7 ski erg cows, and then you could get to your bar. So whatever time you had left in that two-minute time frame after the rope climbs and ski, you would do as many overhead squats as you could in two minutes. And then you take a minute off, and you did that three times. The three is the last part where you had three minutes to finish. And if you didn't get all your overhead squats in that time frame, you just got capped and you got the number of what you got to. So this was, this was, this is going to go on my list of yeah. one of my favorite events. And when it first came out again, it was one of those, I was like, ah, this is a little weird. It's kind of hard. I, I was like, I get it. I like it. I think to the casual fan, they didn't really understand this, the setup. But when you walked in the Coliseum and this all of a sudden, Rogue had, again, once again, turned the entire competition floor around. He had this massive black scaffolding with these ropes and crash pads, and then this row of ski ergs from one lane to lane 10, and then these barbells sitting out there, and then the rest of the field 
or the the competition floor was like numbers. Open. What was it? Three? Yeah. Did it go every three? Three, six, or did it? Was it like ten, ten, and then they moved? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, they had it broken up. They, they had, had it broken up, up where like you can you, see. You marked, you marked yeah, out. You it, marked it was, down. It was a smaller number. I don't remember what the number was. It was smaller numbers though, so you could actually see where I think everybody it was, was. I think it was three. I think it Might was three. And maybe the Might first thirty reps was ten, 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 and then they, then they moved on. Um, but in terms of spectacle. It looked cool when the athletes started. It looked even cooler. And then they're running to their bars and they're doing as many overhead squats as they can and then time. And then the 60 seconds, you'd watch athletes look up at the scoreboard and then look over to their lanes and you see where their barbells. And then it was like, all right, um, who do you think you got this time? And it's like, oh, I did 31. I was like, that's probably a bad idea. And I was right, Noah. <laughs> um, but it was really cool, um, a, a really great test of so many different things that gymnastic endurance capacity on the those high ropes they, i mean they were high that that caused people problems i yeah. mean when was the last time you saw someone fail a normal rope climb well 2010 rich froning that was it these weren't yeah. legless um and then the homage we're talking about is this rest and work thing as we saw something similar at the 2011 finale where they could it was like two, four, six, or four, eight. I can't remember that. They they had four, di three different AMRAPs, and then with some rest, and they try to get as far as they can. So there's a little tip of the cap to the olden days. Um, but overall, this event was super exciting, uh, especially because the finish on the women's side. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the finishes were great, but it just the pro. I like the way it was programmed because it forced you to go fast, and a lot of times. Yes. And a lot of times, like you can get into a rhythm. And so you can kind of mentally go away for a little bit. So you, your body just kind of starts doing its thing, especially if you're a, if you're a well-trained athlete, your body will start to do that. But now you have a one minute rest in between and it forces you to stop. So you are recovering. So you are, that does give you that, but it now makes you think and feel everything. So if you went out too hard, you now are, you now have time because nothing else has happened. You have time for that voice in your head to go, Oh shit. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really tired. Yes. Oh, man. I didn't get, I'm not rested up enough. Now I'm going to be screwed. These rope climbs are going to suck. And all that stuff starts to boil up. Right. As you go into it. Um, I love them. I love the way they had the movements. I love the way that it was like, here's some stuff. And then you, then you try to go balls to the wall and get as many reps as you can with the ending being that 75 reps. Yep. So you have your finish line out there. Um, and it's just, you know, it's rare to have a race where you have intervals. And I think that the way that it was designed was really cool. Cause I mean, generally speaking, I know that, you know, that there were some epic fails on some of the rope climbs, but generally you had your people climbing the ropes, they'd get the skier done around the same time. And then it was, how hard are you going to push on the overhead squats? Right. And watching that race, which you don't normally see, we'll see overhead lunges, we'll see something like that. But here you are, overhead squat, and then you step out, and then you overhead squat, and then you step out, and then you overhead squat, and you step out. So it was, that was interesting. I, I haven't seen something like that where there's so much of a march Yeah. Uh, with that. So it was, again, it was a very cool spectacle that that rope climbing thing, it looked like <laughs> something you see, I don't know, in Vegas, Cirque du Soleil, something oh, like that, man. because it like it went up so high that it, it felt like it was above well, where the lights could. You know show. what it was is because <clears throat> the scaffolding was probably twenty five, maybe thirty feet high. Yeah, but where they touched 
wasn't the top of the scaffolding. It was just a mark right. on the rope. So I think that's why it seems so crazy because you have the crash pad that's about three feet off the ground. And then they climbed up 20 feet from the bottom of the rope. However, the scaffolding was still another seven feet above that. So I, I think yeah. it really was a 30-foot long rope. However, they only climbed up to that 20-foot marker um, from the bottom. So it, it made it look, honest, yeah, it made it, it look so cool. Honest. That was really cool. But, but yeah, the, the way it was set up, I think it was great. And even... Like why he picked the rope and the ski erg, uh, it, it's interesting because it wasn't much other than if your hands are overhead yes. the entire time. Um, it was not so much what damage is being done on the overhead squats. It's like, what is the overhead squats doing to the other two pieces that you need to I feel get like it went to get both back ways. to the overhead squat? Yeah, I feel like it went both ways because you're like, okay, if I hold this bar over my head too long, you know, I'm going to smoke my grip. My wrist is going to be jacked. I'm going to have no blood in my arms for the rope climbs in the skier. But if I go too fast on the rope climbs and blow up my grip and put too much blood into my arms and then the skier, then I make my overhead then squats I can't hard. Hold, yeah, it's a trip. It was, it was an interesting. I, I, the setup was cool. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was a unique, a really unique way one to have a race two to push the intensity you know you get those rests that even even if you are thinking about how tired you are you, right. you are getting rest and recovery mandatory forcing you to be able to go hard again yeah um and then the the uh the elements that they pick going into the overhead squats yes uh, i think was i think it was it was really interesting and again um, it was one of super those cool little design for sure it was one of those um the numbers that dave picked in the time frame at which he gave you forced a lot of athletes out of their comfort zone. Cause I think if it was three minutes, every time people would be chilling on the rope climbs. Oh yeah. Recovering on the skier. And even if it was 15 cows and 10 cows or whatever it was, is that those rep schemes and the constraint of the time frame at which they had, even the weight that he chose that 155 and 105 is just outside of what a high volume overhead squat workout you would typically do in training would yeah. be. Cause usually like, all right, I'm going to work some overhead squats. We're going to go a little bit heavier than normal. 135 and 95. And now he just gets a little bit outside the fringe of which most people probably train high, like 75 overhead squats at 155 and 105 is not light. No, and look at the time frame you had to do that. I mean, you have to do the two rope climbs plus the skier. So you're looking at about a minute on the first set, a minute on the second set, a minute on the third set, two minutes on the fourth set ish. Right. You know, so it, like that's a lot of reps. Seventy five overhead really squats in fast, four minutes. Man. <laughs> that's fast. Here's what I want someone to try. Just put on the weight on the bar. In fact, put a weight on the bar that you're comfortable with. Don't even do the weight and just do 75 overhead squats for time and let me know what your time is. Yeah. In fact, do it without all the stuff and just give yourself the minute grace period and then go back to it. Yeah. And just give yourself a, a better context of how crazy this was. So Matt Fraser wins on the men's side and on the women's side, we finally have a Katrin Davis on our side. You know, we saw it on the uh, strongman's fear, but she came out. She was one of those where after the first round, I go, mm, not a good idea. And then after the second, third, I go, I'll shut up now because <laughs> you are crushing it. And, you know, Katrin is coming off two back-to-back -back wins. She almost seemed untouchable coming in. And she just wasn't around. 
She she was no. just out of it. She was out of the top ten or in the in that 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 mid range where you just don't talk about them because she wasn't doing bad, but she was getting like eighths, twelfths, somewhere in there. She'd win the one. You're like, oh, she won the handstand walk event. Like, okay, I get it. And the odd object, yep, sled dog, get it. Yeah. Um, but when she came out for the overhead squats, I'm like, where have you been? Yeah, where have you been? Um, so it was good, cool to see her. And I think that was at the point where she was saying, she's like, I just need to fight now. And yes. she's she's one of those athletes that always gets, and we've said this before, will you yes, make it have. so that you're, put, you put your back against the wall? Like, will you pick before. something? Don't put yourself there. <laughs> like, you don't have to make it so you're really backed against the wall. Just say you're back against, right. against the wall and then start performing. But yeah, that was, that event, it was like, wow, where the hell have you been? Yeah. You know? Well, that was cool to see. All right. We have come to the final event. And what Dave likes to do uh, is get a little mathy. That's <laughs> the best way I could. And it's not a. That's not the best description, but get a little mathy. Like we saw the same thing. This was 2015. Was the pyramid couplet with the thrusters and the bar facing or the uh, bar muscle ups? Where it was 15, 10, 6, and my brain exploded because of the my OCD. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have the Fibonacci final. And, and what this is, this is like a math equation or, or numbering sequence. And it goes up. We'll just say this. It was parallel handstand push-ups and kettlebell deadlifts, heavy AF, and then a 90-foot overhead walking lunge with 53 and 35-pound kettlebells to the finish line. And what this is in reference to is the 2015 finale where they had Parallel handstand push-ups in the final and heavy kettlebell deadlifts in the final event. In fact, this was the event that really killed Matt Fraser when he was trying to chase down Ben Smith. It was actually the parallel handstand push-ups and probably a poor intensity choice on the assault bike, but that was neither here nor there. Ben's overall, like Ben destroyed everybody that year. We even did the average finishing place and it wasn't even close. Um, But this was more of kind of Matt's, coronation event he had to hit the minimum work requirement and then he was going to be a the two-time cross the games champion but on the women's side it was crazy tight in fact it went down to it was basically whoever was going to win this event between Kara Saunders and Tia Toomey was going to win the cross the games if they finished in the the top five because of those bigger numerical jumps I think Tia was ahead by maybe six points going into so it. Close. So close. Yeah. I mean, it was basically, it was like I said, it was a finishing place difference. If Kara got first and Tia got second, Kara was going to win because there's a six-point place in between the two. It might have been four points difference going into it. And, <clears throat> man, the event was the event, but as they got to the final, this was like Tia Toomey was marching all the way down and she was what within five feet of the finish line and her arms buckle and she has to stop and bring her dumbbell or kettlebells back to the five foot marker and then car saunders just marches right back to her and they jump to the finish line and we have no idea and it it was it was the greatest finish and greatest finale i have ever seen and we got a great one back in 2015 on both the men, women, and teams. Overall, that was probably the best year in terms of finale for all divisions. But this final event between Tia Toomey and Kara Saunders uh, is historically 
amazing. 100%. Well, I mean, when you have your top two literally within points of each other and then literally within hundreds of a second of each other on the final event, on the final day to decide who the champ is, you, know, you can't you can't paint a, a, a prettier picture. That much drama. For that. Like, it was... It was nuts. Um, the the it was absolutely crazy. But uh, you know that was as crazy as that was on that side, on the men's side, watching Matt march down the field. Yeah. With those with those kettlebells overhead, there was only one guy that finished the event basically by himself. Totally, and that's what was so interesting about that was. Um, what I liked with Matt watching with Matt is like, he doesn't, we had never seen him stop because he could, he always right. competed all the way through. He wanted to, like, he, with, with the intent of, I want to win every event I'm here to win, not just to win the overall, but to, to win, you know, um, each and every event. So even all the way up to the very final event, he is going for it. And I just thought that was super fun to watch, but the women, the women were out of control and the, the i like the fact that for a final event once again it's <laughs> a very exciting sprint yes um it forces everyone to go for it because you don't have a lot of time to mess up on shit like you have to get yourself moving yeah and why shouldn't you since it's the finals so the <laughs> the way that it's designed program wise and, and everything to to put it all together um i think it's awesome i mean those those kettlebell deadlifts god they just look awkward as sin it just I mean, looks so i mean your it, legs are all weird and they're wobbling back and forth deadlifts like are bad enough just <laughs> drunk penguin you know as <laughs> you're <laughs> trying not to drop it on your toes like a and, drunk obese penguin <laughs> oh man you know but it's just crazy. And it, and it all comes down to a very simple, and this is yep. what the Coliseum has done. It's giving us a really cool platform to have a final March. And they did, they did this on the two, 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 three interval. Yes. Where they're able to march down. Um, and here we are again, marching down the finish. It's, it's not, it's set up to where it can't be a running sprint. Right. And you're watching these, you're watching the athletes move their way down and struggle their way down the floor. And it's just a very cool way to showcase that race. Yep. You know, the lunges, the lunge, I mean, as far as what it is, you have the lunge, you have the, the stability that you have to have in your shoulders, which we've just blown out on the handstand pushups, let alone the overhead squats that you had to do before that. Um, a weight that you would not think is a big deal, 53 pound kettlebell again i don't know how often these athletes even touch a 53 the men in a, in a 35 for the women um but to do that and have to stabilize that and, and support that like that's a very wicked yeah wicked programmed event yeah again it doesn't look like much but like i mean i I dare you to go and try something like that. No, I'm good. So I think program-wise, it was awesome. The numbers yeah. are weird. I would have never. I mean, I think you could have done this. It didn't have to be a Fibonacci. Yeah, but, like I said, that's it. that's a little Dave. That's a little thing. crazy for my taste. But <laughs> as far as what it is, man, just yeah. a really, really fun way, uh, appropriate way to finish 
the CrossFit Games this year and just yeah. made it exciting for everyone, athletes and the and the spectators. I agree. Awesome. All right, so that's 13 events. We have come to the end of 2007 CrossFit Games, and what we like to do at the very end is we like to see uh, who our podium was. We also want to make sure we uh, we touch on the scoring system. Again, we're, we're giving information, not necessarily opinion too much. Uh, I don't say too much because we do, <laughs> we do sometimes, but the scoring system changes often. However, this is the third consecutive year we've had the same scoring system, so that's never happened before. Um, 2015, 2016, we're doing the six-point drop from first to third, and then a four-point drop from fourth to tenth, and then a two-point drop all the way down until you get to 40th. There were no cuts this year in 2017. And then we get to our podium. Pull it up here, slide. So in... 2017, Matt Fraser gets a back-to-back -back win at the CrossFit Games. And on the women's side, a difference of two points. So close. Tia Claire Toomey wins her very first CrossFit Games. Two, two, one, two points ahead of Tia or uh, of Cara Saunders. Again, one of the most epic finishes we may ever see at the CrossFit Games. In second place on the women's side, Cara Saunders. Uh, Tia got 994, Saunders 992. Annie Thorosauter gets third at 964. On the men's side, Brent Fakowski gets second. It wasn't even close. Matt Fraser just is like 200-something points ahead of <clears throat> second place. Um, so crazy. Brent Fakowski gets second. Patrick Vellner gets third at 792. Um, we look at the scoring system that they use, which is that tiered down system that they've been typically doing, like we just said. What me and Bill also do like to do is double check using just a standard non-biased system where it's your average finishing place over the 13 events. Tia Toomey, even though it was a two-point win on the point system, her average finish place was 6.61. Cara Saunders was seven flat. Um, why it was so close? Well, Cara Saunders won three events. Tia won two. Um, so it still worked out. Annie Thoris' daughter, 7.46. She actually tied on the average yeah. finishing place with Sarah Sigmund's daughter. Um, and if they went to that system, I actually think they would have given it to Sarah Sigmund's daughter because Sigmund's daughter had an event win had and win. Annie did not. Yeah. Um, but there was a 20-point difference between the two of them on the point scale. So their average finish place was the same. And if you went by that system, they would have given the nod to Sarah Sigmund's daughter, and she would have gotten on the podium for the third year in the row yeah. if that was the case. On the yeah. men's side, Matt Fraser's average event finish, I think in, what was it, 2016, it was 5.2. Let me look back. 5.26. In 2017, it was four. Fourth. His average finish place was fourth over 13 events. Well, it was crazy. The 2016, look how many he had seven second place seven, wins yeah. or events. And, and this even one, he had, all of a sudden he came out and was like, that was the big thing. He was like, <laughs> that's the whole thing. To be the champ, you don't have to win every event. And he's like, hey, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm yeah. going to come out and I'm going to win some events. And he did. Yeah. It was like, handled it. It's like, do you want this or this? It's like, I want both. <laughs> yeah. I want all of that. I want to win the event and win everything else. To get there. So Brent Fikowski's, here's how dominant this was. 
Brett Fikowski got second, 9.1. Five. Five placing average higher than Brent Fikowski, or uh, than Matt Fraser. We actually have another tie for the third and fourth place. Vellner got third. Average finish place, 12.38. Noah Olson, 12.38. However, Vellner would still maintain the third place position because he did have that event win. Actually, that's not true. BKG oh, not. would have the third place position at 11. Oh my gosh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, like you have to look. These numbers are really Whoa. close. Their points are within. So you go all the way down to, to wow. Scott Panchik. I take it back. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Scott uh, was sick. So the original was Matt, Brent, Pat, Noah, BKG, then Scott. Right. And there was six points, six, seven, eight points between uh, Scott Panchik and Pat Vellner. If you go down to the average event yeah. placing, good it would eye. Be Matt, Brent, then BKG, then the tie between Pat and Noah, but Pat would get it because he had the win uh, or the one first place. So then Noah. Whoa. And then you come down to uh, there you go. Scott Panchik after that. You're right. Dang, I didn't even see that. Yeah. So technically, with this system, average finishing place, BKG be third. would be third. Yeah. Wow. And look how close yeah. it was. I didn't. I didn't even realize this on the point side. Vellner had seven ninety two. Olson, four points back, seven eighty eight. Yeah. BKG six point back, seven eighty six. Scott Panchek seven eighty four. Man, it was so like so. Close. What a year! But yes, you're right. So Averaging close. finishing place. If they did it like that, BKG would be on the podium again in third. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like this was a year that you know this is when Noah had that big implosion on the uh, two, two, on the two, rope two, climbs three, at two yeah. two two three. And I mean, here he is like, look where he places, even on the, even on that scoring system, fourth place, like the, the dude is always there, Yep, always there. And it doesn't matter what, you know, it doesn't matter what's been handed to him. And even though he'll have some of these epic fails, like the athletically, this dude is always in the mix and this I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what he does this year. You know, it's just the five athletes. It'll be it will be a show to watch. Well, I think that's why everybody was pumped up for Noah last year because they do know how close he was and how close he was to the podium, to the podium, to podium. And then he almost won the whole damn thing last year. So yes, it is shaking up to be an exciting finish to this year. However, that concludes the 2017 hour analyzing the programming. We've been following along to the sheet. There's some great balance here from top to bottom. Gymnastics, ten movements. Weightlifting, thirteen. Monostructural. Eight. Um, heavy day one, five minutes, sub five minutes, two, that mid range five to 10, five, 11 to 23, long two. Um, low reps, medium reps, and high reps, four, three, and three. Single, couplet, triplet, you got two, four, four, and three between couplet, triplet, and um, chipper. Just good balance, top to bottom, seven different monostructural movements. And they're all unique in their own way. There's just that double run in um, the triplet and the run-swim run. But overall, I thought this was one of the most balanced, well-programmed, unique, touched-all basement tests we've had since the beginning of the CrossFit Games. Yeah, and this was a big question mark coming into this year. And I think every question was answered appropriately. Um, uh, 
the way they looked, the way they, the way that they presented themselves. I mean, other than the banger, <laughs> um, I think it, it was unreal. So thumbs up for me, man. Two of them. Two thumbs big up ones. from me. Two big thumbs up for me, Dave. Well done yet again. Strong work, man. athletes. Strong thank you for making it side in Madison. What a great place for the CrossFit Games. That will do it for 2017. Our rush moments will be coming up later this week, and we got to will it down to four. Bill, thank you so much. Later, man.